Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Podcast, episode 14. Did y'all miss us? Nah, I know y'all missed us. That's why y'all here yeah. right now. The absence, <laughs> absence builds attraction, all right? We just figured that maybe if we gave you guys a week off, you guys would just miss us somehow. And I hope you guys did. <laughs> no, in all honesty, we, we kind of needed a break. Um, not Not that this podcast stuff is like super like... You know, hard. It's, it's, it's fun. We have fun doing this. Yeah. It's but just that w- the Kings aren't in the playoffs anymore and it's been pretty depressing. And the late that Lakers Warriors series was pretty disappointing in my opinion. It was kind of disappointing. But I kind of I knew it wasn't going to be like the Warrior uh the Warriors Kings series. Like it wasn't going to be so close every single game. I think that was just we just we just had a it was just a perfect even matchup between those two teams. Uh, and it was definitely two juggernauts of their own, their own area, you know, with the Lakers yeah. and Warriors. So I knew it wasn't going to be like close down to the wire every game. But I thought the record, the series was going to be close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. But yeah, so, um, um, yeah, there you go. If we, we didn't even introduce ourselves yet, <laughs> or should we? Why do we need to introduce ourselves? Y'all know who we are. Uh, yeah, I just got off work. I just got off work, y'all. Guess who pulled up to my work? Let them know who. I'll, I'll give y'all. I'll give y'all a clue. The goat. The goat of all head coaches. A, a unanimous award-winning head coach. Mike you motherfucking the, Brown. Mike Brown. Mike Brown, the man on the stakes, the man, the man with the plays, the man that they know is so smart. Yeah, yeah. So, so Mike Brown comes in, and I, I look at him, and then I kind of just like started working again, and then I looked like right back at him, and I was like, wait, like that looks like Mike Brown, and I look at my coworker, and like none, nobody is reacting yet. Like no one is reacting at all to to Mike Brown just standing there. They're um, just casuals. I didn't, right dude. There. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know it was him. I was asking people, like, "Is that Mike Brown?" And they were like, "I don't know. Is it? It looks like him." But none of us were sure until I heard him talk. And once I heard oh. him, once I heard him talk, bro, I was like, "Oh my fucking it god! It's fucking Mike Brown, bro." He got that signature voice. I I can't even imitate it. it he was on the phone with um with fucking Taro, the owner of Makuni's, telling him oh, that really. He was, yeah, telling, letting him know that he was at the Folsom location, and then, uh, then our manager got a call from one of the other managers, and then boom, we got him set up real quick. And damn, yeah. he didn't have to wait or anything, huh? Because it was it was slow. It was super slow. He came in like maybe 50, 45 minutes before he closed, so he's probably might be still there right now. No, he's not there. It's ten o'clock. But um, but yeah, that shit was exciting. I really wanted to walk up to him and like say something to him but he was with his immediate family and i just kind of felt like i don't know i just i just didn't want to like bug him and he saw me staring he knows what's up bro he saw me staring at him bro he we we locked eyes for a quick second (laughs) you should have given him like a (laughs) a solid head nod to let him know that you know bro but i wasn't sure if it was him so if i just fucking like (laughs) <laughs> like yo can i take a picture with you and it's like not mike brown <laughs> it's fucking taking with some random ass guy bro he's like six five he's tall as fuck 
he he was a point guard, University of San Diego, and then became a coach, yep. and then became one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, y'all, I I see a lot of people come into Makuni's, and I only recognize the NBA players. Uh, like there's a couple of MMA fighters that come in, and I only know because someone will tell me, or like some yeah. actors. We've had a couple of actors come in, and um, like we just have a good amount of like famous Celebs. people come in. Yeah, like De'Aaron Fox has come in. I've seen Kent Bazemore come in, um, and now Mike Brown. And at 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 some point, I gotta man the fuck up and ask him to like <laughs> take a picture or like get him like on this fucking podcast or something, bro. I don't know. Like a little Q and A type shit. <laughs> I, I cried tears of joy if I see Mike Brown. I will like, I don't know. He d- he did something that I thought was unimaginable, and I don't know. I have so much respect for Mike Brown. So I, you're you're better than me. You did nothing. If that was me, I probably would have got fired. Look, if I re- if I realized because there was a mo- well, here's the thing. He was on the phone with Taro, so I wasn't gonna go bug him when he's on the phone, right? And the second he was off the phone, he was just talking with his family. So I didn't, I didn't really want to like walk up, it, like interrupt him and his family, and just be like, "Yo, like, you know what I mean?" Like that would have just been weird. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. Speaking Almost, of on the phone, uh, we had a, another NBA personality get caught up with the phone this past weekend. I don't know if you guys saw. But Ja Moran back at it again. I mean, acting like Ja Wick, bringing out the stick, flashing God. his gun. God. What is? I don't understand. So like, Angus, Angus, he's an NBA. So, Angus. So I, I was under the impression that to be, especially at the point guard position, to be mm. a great basketball player or great NBA player at that, I thought you had to be a smart guy. I thought you had to be pretty smart. I thought you had to be pretty fucking smart. If you were going to make it to the level that John Morant has reached at only the young age of 23. But I guess I was wrong. With the signature shoe. With the signature shoe. But I guess I was wrong. And all the endorsement he has. And the way that the NBA has been pushing him as the next big star. And then he comes out and does this. Like couple months after the first incident after he got suspended eight games by adam silver after that remember he was in rehab for like 24 hours <laughs> and, then the, and then he decided he was done and everyone thought everyone oh he's a changed man now 24 hours in rehab bro they probably just had him sit down and fill out a worksheet and they said yeah. they said once you're done <laughs> once you're done just turn it in and you're good to go <laughs> like what the fuck bro <laughs> like uh, i okay i was driving home or not even just today. The, the, this this happened what yesterday morning? Yeah, yesterday morning. Or or no, two days ago. But it broke news yesterday morning. So yeah. so all day yesterday, and on my way home today, I'm just sitting here thinking, trying to find some sort of reasonable excuse for why the hell John Morant did that. And the only thing I could think of was one, he's just faded, and. Hey, and he two, was driving. And two, yeah, right. And two, maybe he thought I was like maybe he didn't know his boy was recording, but he he looked into the camera, right? So that that's out, okay. And then my other thing yeah. was maybe maybe he didn't know his boy was on live, but and then I'm like, no, that's out too, because if he was any sort of smart, the second he sees the camera, 
you just don't you just don't even think about pulling that shit out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The the it's worst just, part is that his friend who was on the Instagram live, he he put the camera away from Jaw once he saw Jaw put the gun out. Yeah. So it, it, and so you're telling me that Jaw's friend who has no affiliation with the NBA knows better than Jaw Morant, the NBA superstar, hey, the next rising so. star. I guess so. And um, according to Shams and Woj, they both anticipate that a pretty lengthy suspension is happening for John Moran. I would say at least 25 games. 25 games sounds about right. That's what I've been hearing. Um, but some people are saying he should be gone for the year. Which I wouldn't would be, say gone for the year because this— Which would be career—that would affect his career, like his entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as much as I don't condone gun violence, like Jaw, he did it in the privacy of his own confinement. I guess he didn't bring it to an NBA arena, which is which is a good thing, because we had Gilbert Arenas bring it to an NBA arena with his teammate, and they got a pretty lengthy suspension over that. But I think twenty five suspension, twenty five game suspension is appropriate. But still, I, it's, I agree. it's completely avoidable. Like yeah. this guy. He number two seed. Everybody expects the Grizzlies to be contenders. They're just one or two pieces away, and he's supposed to be the face of that franchise. And he's out here doing that. I agree. I think it should be twenty five um, games, but I also see the point where you suspend him for the entire year. You know, um, I go back to my days as a kid when my parents used to discipline me. You know, you you do something <laughs> wrong for the fifth time in a row. And you kind of have a gauge as to what they're going to punish you with. Like, oh, last time, the last four times it was one week, you know? So it's ah, it's just one week. You know what I mean? And then they hit you with no phone for two months. And you're like, what the fuck? You know? And then you know. All, all of a sudden, <laughs> you, know you have to take them serious. Again. Exactly. And I, I get, I think that could be effective. Obviously not for the Grizzlies, because that, because that's that's season ending for the Grizzlies. But and who knows? Who knows? We we all saw their record without John Morant. That's true. That's true. And they'll have Stephen Adams next year, and Brandon Clark, and a healthy team, and, and no Dylan Brooks. So, uh, yeah, who knows? But if you really want to send a message to not only John Morant but the entire league, maybe suspending him for a year isn't the worst thing. And yeah, he's only twenty three. You're missing out on that 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 revenue that John Morant brings. He sells. Yeah, dirty. but what's more important? If you're Adam Silver, what's more important? And and yeah. and I was listening to First Take, and Kendrick Perkins said something. Kendrick Perkins was on one today. He was just spitting some. He was just spitting today. Uh, he said two things that that caught my attention. He said one thing. Um, he said John Morant thinks. That the NBA needs him, mm-hmm. and the NBA a doesn't sense of entitlement. Yes, and the NBA doesn't fucking need him as much as as much as much money as John Moran brings the league, as much attention as he gives the league. The league does not need him. He said, "What happened when Magic and Bird retired? Did the league just stop? What happened when Jordan retired? Did the league just stop?" No, you get new guys like LeBron James, like Steph Curry, like Jason Tatum, like Luka like Doncic. These, these guys come in year year after year, these brand new fresh legs. 
that are ready to take over the league. The league does not need you, John Morant. So if you're going to fuck up like this... I, you, know, you know who would never fuck up like this? You know who's another speedy point guard that would never fuck up like this? De'Aaron Fox. All De'Aaron Fox does is keep to himself, play Call of Duty, and have beautiful babies, and then score 30 in the playoffs on Steph Curry. That's all he does. Man, I can't believe... I can't believe people used to have that debate on who's better. For a while, it was it was reasonable, but then now I look at it. De'Aaron Fox has a shot. John Morant doesn't. Exactly, and 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 De'Aaron Fox can do more than just fucking drive in with reckless abandon. Oh wait, um, they they both got shots, but Fox has a shot on the court. <laughs> <laughs> no, John don't got shots, bro. Jaw has a gun. That, that, yeah. that, that's it. He has a fucking gun, and he loves showing off that little mini fucking hand head, handgun. Oh, uh, you know you know it's bad when Kwame Brown is calling you NBA dumb boy. <laughs> Kwame Brown. <laughs> what the fuck? When, does, when do Kwame Brown's tweets go viral? Bro, he, 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 he dropped a video on Twitter after the incident, and he it was like a full two-minute rant on John Morant, and he was saying... Um, Boy, you must be the dumbest player in the league or something. And it's, it's, they, he called, he said, listen to all that NBA young boy, you're more like NBA dumb boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm calling around cooking for once What the fuck? Okay, that's a good tweet. I know, Now I understand why it went viral. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, it is hilarious. But I, another thing uh, Kendrick Perkins said on first tape, he said, and this, this makes... This has more holds more weight now that he's done this twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kendrick said, he said, a wise man once told me that a zebra's stripes never change. And I started to think about that a little bit. Like, what if this isn't something that can be fixed? What if this is something that is just jaw? You'd think so? I don't know. Because I, the because. first time, I didn't think much about the incident. I was like, oh, he made a stupid mistake. He was drunk. He owns a gun. He lives in Memphis. So you can just hold, you can just carry a gun, no permit or nothing. So it's yeah. kind of normal. And he was faded. He made a stupid decision. The second time around, I, I have nothing. I can't say anything. I, 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 I can't defend him at all. I really can't. Like, there's nothing I yeah, can say about the second time. You can't say he's drunk because he was driving. And if, if he was drunk and driving, then that's a different case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I I really don't. I think it's just him being in that city of Memphis. Like he wants to adapt to the culture. He wants to be part of that, that that grittiness of that city. That you know, it's it's one of the most dangerous cities in America. Is no lie about that. But um, like when I look at his dad, his dad doesn't show any signs of that. You know, so it's just puzzling to me where Jaws getting this from. Besides, like the environment he's currently in. He cited earlier after the first incident that he was dealing with mental health and stress, and this is his best way to like deal with it. But then now it's like it's an nah. off season. It's the off season. Yeah, bro. No, no. You you know it's bad when Kwame Brown is calling you out. <laughs> yes, it's bad when Kwame is calling you out. Um, but in in that week that we were gone, those two weeks, a lot has happened in the NBA. A lot like has happened. we were. Yep. We were in the middle of the second round, and then bam, we're we're to the conference finals now. Yep. And the conference finals are all set up. Uh, it's gonna be Lakers against the Nuggets. Lakers and, and we're Nuggets. gonna have 
the Heat against the Celtics, a classic matchup. I swear we've seen this matchup. I swear we've seen this matchup at least like six times in the past 15 years. Yeah. Is this a rivalry, would you say? This is their third time with their current teams. Like, with Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler led Heat against the Jason Tatum led Celtics. We had that series in the bubble where Jimmy Butler and the Heat beat the Celtics in six. And then we had last season where it took seven games and Jimmy Butler nearly. Nearly won in game seven off that three-pointer. That just barely rimmed out. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you know, the road for the Sixers uh, to get to the – sorry, not the Sixers. The road for the Celtics to get past the Sixers, uh, game seven. Historic performance from Jason Tatum. From Jason Tatum. This is but coming I, off one of his worst games in the playoffs Uh I think he was 0 for 13 or 1 for 13 in the first three quarters. Comes back in the fourth quarter, drops 16 or 15 to 16 points, and they end up winning points. 16 points. And they end up winning that game because of him, almost losing because of him, but and then end up winning because of him. He comes back, tells the press he's going to have a better game, and he fucking backs it up. And he drops the. We were talking about Steph's highest scoring game seven in playoff history of all time. And now we have a new highest highest scoring fucking oh. game seven and fifty one from Jason Tatum. It feels Tatum. good. It feels good. Like <laughs> it does that feel the highest good. scoring game seven was not against the Kings anymore. It was against the Sixers, which is more tolerable because you know the Philly sports luck has always been bad. One hundred percent. But like I remember, like we always have this debate whenever Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown have like a great game and the other have the has a bad game. We're always like, who's better, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? But like after that game seven, I'm like, yeah, Jason. Jason Tatum is undoubtedly more talented than Jalen Brown. How I view this is how I view those these two players. I think Jalen Brown is the more complete player, more consistent, has a bigger bag, and can just is a three level score. I'm not saying Jason Tatum isn't a three level score. When I look at Jason Jalen Brown, I just think of a three-level score that's just mm-hmm. dominant in every aspect of his game. He he can shoot well, he can drive well, he can hit the midi well. He has a floater game, he has an aggressive game, he can drive and dunk the ball. He has everything. He has everything that you could want in a superstar. But this is how I view the two players. Jalen Brown is like the S and P five hundred. Okay, you put your money in, you're gonna you're going to gain. And you're going to see money come back to you. But it's going to be like 4 or 5% a year, you know? And it's going to get better every year. You're going to make some money. Jason Tatum is like crypto. You mm. don't, like, you have much more potential to make way more, like 100 times your money in like a day. But you could also lose 100 times your money in a day as well. Yeah, and that's how I view fold. That's how I view Jason Tatum. I think when you want a player that is more consistent and you know what to expect, you go with Jalen Brown. When you want a guy that can drop fifty-one points in after going one for thirteen, like against the MVP you, in the game seven. Yeah, then you go with Jason Tatum because when Jason Tatum is feeling it, that boy is fucking good. He's as good as anyone in the league. But when Jason Tatum isn't. And it's just it just, yeah. just and then and no one talks shit about Jason Tatum when he plays like shit. I I don't know why. Um, yeah, I, I, I for me I'm gonna take a Jalen Brown. 
uh, versus a wild card like Jason Tatum. I think that if they didn't have Jalen Brown, the Celtics team wouldn't wouldn't be half as good, and they just wouldn't be there because Jason Tatum isn't consistent enough, and he, and he can't carry the load by himself. He gets so much attention. He gets hey, like eighty percent of t- attention, and Jalen Brown gets twenty. Shouldn't you be say like that, that, but then I saw. I mean, you are right. Jason Tatum can't probably win a playoff series by himself. We saw, but I saw in two thousand twenty-one first round. Celtics versus Nets. Jason Tatum absolutely carried uh, the Celtics against the Nets without Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was injured for that series. I think the Celtics were on the verge of being swept, but then Jason Tatum scored another 50-point game. I remember that, yeah. To, to just get one game against the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving-led Nets. And that, that, was a, that was a game that showed me that Jason Tatum is special. But it's just that he can't string together with consecutive performances. There's never been a playoff series where I was like, dang, Jason Tatum was absolutely dominant in every single game in that playoff series. And I think he can get there. You know, I think he can get to that p- p- spot. But as of now, I've seen Jalen Brown just be, I think, the wins that they won in the, in the finals last year were because of Jalen Brown. And I think if Jason Tatum stepped up a little bit, they could have fucking had a ring, man. Well, they only had two games won, so <laughs> they only won that game one and yeah. game three. Yeah, but like the other games were close, is what I'm saying, and yeah, they were close they were because good. of Jalen Brown. He just made timely shots every single game. I don't know. Like I just, if you see a guy do that way more often than the other guy, I just don't know how that guy isn't your number one option. And I've been saying this for a while, but they got the win. I think. I think it's easy to forget that these two have never missed a playoffs in their single career like Jalen Brown and drafted in 2016 made the playoffs every single year with the Celtics only lost in the first round once same thing with Jason Tatum made it to the conference finals as a rookie so they they do they went through their trial error of losing in the playoffs and eventually I think that that type of experience really just helps develop their games and this might be the year where they finally take the next step and just potentially compete for a championship. But there are so many games where the Celtics play where I'm just like, what are they doing? Are they trying to lose? <laughs> like, <laughs> like for the majority of game six, I, I thought that the Celtics were trying to lose. And then Jason Tanner ends up hitting three straight threes in the fourth quarter to bring them ahead in Philly. But man, I don't think I think too much credit is giving I mean credit is give should be given to the Celtics, but I think too much credit is being given to them. And not enough is not enough blame is being given towards the Sixers for absolutely collapsing in game seven. Oh it was a three God. point game at halftime. Three point yeah. game at halftime and they blew it to what? It was nearly thirty by the end of the third. James yeah. Harden with another stinker of a game in a in a legacy game. I would say that's a legacy game. That's a, this, this is a legacy game, bro. This was a legacy game 100%. And for him to and play this bad, I feel so terrible because I was saying Houston Harden is back. Houston Harden is back. But, God, Houston Harden is back because James Harden was shitty in closeout games in Houston as well. He was the lowest scoring starter in this game. And PJ Tucker played. Yeah. Uh on the on the Sixers side. Yeah, PJ Tucker had 11 and James Harden had 9. 
And 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 let's not excuse Joel Embiid either, because well, I'm not excusing him. I he think went we five for eighteen, and you. <laughs> Yeah, take that shit away from him, bro. <laughs> like three days after you give it to him to take, yeah. you're like, you know, let not, you know what? After what we saw, we're gonna go ahead and give it to Al Horford because you just got fucking dogged by him. So Al by Horford, thirty six year old Al Horford. Al Horford, come get your MVP trophy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, that right back. I was never high on the Sixers. I yeah, thought I this MVP like their ceiling was pretty low. Yeah, and I think right now it's unfair to put the blame on Doc. It's not his fault, man. Yeah, but he's going to get fired in like 48 hours. He's probably going to get fired, and that sucks, but he's probably going to find another team. Um, But it may, it's, they brought, uh, first they brought up some good points saying, or Stephen A., he said that, that, you know, there's a couple reasons why you fire Doc Rivers. One of his, one his track record record of being like 0 7 and in, in game sevens and and also um or his last five or whatever he's just hasn't won a game seven in a very long time um and also the candidates that are recent have recently become available uh for coaches such as monty uh williams and uh nick mark nurse. jackson nick nurse kenny atkinson mike Budenholzer. Uh, mike yeah mike bud he's probably the worst out of the six we just named but you know those guys are legit coaches, and um, but it also there's another thing that that uh, Kendrick said to that. He said, he said, game sevens are decided by your stars, not the coaches. Absolutely, absolutely. And coaches, the coaches do make are a there difference. just to make sure who's tired. All right, they're exactly. there to make the subs, and then everyone knows that your stars have to take you home, and for your stars to. Not even make ten combined field goals in a game wow. seven is insane. And for both of them, two stars to get outscored by Jason Tatum combined by a but not you're, by thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And like the there's a lot of questions for the Sixers. Like who's probably going to be their head coach after Doc River inevitably gets fired? Because that seems to be the trend this year. Just throw the buses under the, I mean, throw the coaches under the bus, and yeah. just just stick it to the superstars. And Harden is a free agent this summer, and there's a lot of people, a lot of chatter going on that Houston Houston really wants Harden, and Harden also wants to go back to Houston. Woj reports that it's a very likely possibility. I think it's either uh, you let Harden go or you let Doc go. I think if they fire Doc, Harden's staying. Uh, I think but, so, too, because I saw yeah. a report that said that Harden doesn't want to play under Doc anymore. Yeah, did you hear him when they asked him, like, what's your relationship with Doc? Do you want to see him re-signed? They asked him two questions. Do you want to see him re-signed and, like, you know, what's your relationship with Doc? And he only answered the second one. He said, yeah, me and Doc are cool. That's all he said, and just left it at that. He didn't answer the other one. Where, yeah, so that's that's so similar to what um to to the answer. I mean, we'll probably get to this later. But Jordan Poole was asked that same question about his relationship with Draymond, and Jordan Poole was like, "Yeah, uh, we are on the court. It's business between us. It's just business, and that's how you know something is wrong between two players or well, two people." Bro. 
obviously, bro. Yeah. You get punched in the face. You, you, you're you literally knocked out. And then that video, not only do people hear about it, people get to see it, which is... Yeah, it was that's another Yeah, that's another form of embarrassment. And as a man, it's just... That's never going to sit right with you, ever. Yeah, but... Um, so looking at this conference finals, the East side, Celtics versus you, who, who do you got in this? Wow. So I, I have to stick with my Celtics. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slowly becoming a Jimmy Butler believer. and I, But the thing is, I love Eric Spolstra. I think he, he keeps his team more prepared than anyone besides Mike Brown. Yeah, I and think I think he's the best coach left in the playoffs. I think so too. So if there's two things that could two players or two people that could beat the Celtics, it's going to be Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. But what I'm not sold on is the Heat bench players, the role players. Mm. Since Tyler Hero has been out, more has been asked of these role players. Players such as Gabe Vincent has stepped up. Max Schroes here and there has stepped up. Duncan Robinson has gotten a lot more playing time. Duncan Robinson, the revival of Duncan Robinson. But we thought he was a zombie. Yeah, I mean, I don't never. I, yeah, he he's he's good enough to be in the league. I don't know why he he had he barely played at all this year. But I'm just not sold on these role players compared to the Celtics role players. I'm I've been sold on the Celtics role players for for about a year now since last year. And they only look better, man. Derek White looks way better. Marcus Smart, you know what he's going to bring you. And then they got every yeah. single guy on their bench, with excluding Robert Williams, and in their starting five, can shoot the fuck out of the ball. And I can't it, say it the same. Scary. It's scary. It is. It's scary because they have they, their big man death is Robert Williams and Al Horford. And then when you look at the who heat, just fucking have, shut down Joel Embiid. Yeah, they did shut down Joel Embiid by playing those two together. And then you look at the Heat, they have Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, and then Cody Zeller. <laughs> like, yeah. That big man is in comparison. And Haslam. Oh, but Haslam, Haslam, he's just a tough guy on the team. He's a fucking but coach. Speaking of that, like, we He's a coach that this... still wants a player's contract. Yeah. We've seen time and time this year that the Celtics... Like if you catch them on a bad night, you can out tough them. They're not tough. Ime, last year, Ime Udoka was like their tough player, uh, getting into their asses, letting a fire up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown whenever they they were playing soft. This year, they don't seem to have that. Once they once they start playing soft, they kind of like go away. And the Heat, the Heat, I are are, are probably the that toughest team in the league. I I. They're not they're not soft at all. None of those players have a single soft bone in their body. They know what it feels like to go through the fire. And if any if any team has a chance to like beat the odds and then take over this dominant Celtics team, it's the Heat. I agree. But my I'm I'm still not fully sold on the Heat beating the Celtics though. Cuz I do think that if it does come down to a game 7 again, Jason Tatum will perform. Yeah, and you you look at the teams that the Heat have beaten to get here. Obviously, um, lost one, won one in the play-in. Uh, and you can take that with a grain of salt. 
but they make the playoffs. Play the Bucks, a not, not healthy Bucks, a not healthy Bucks with with a Giannis in his back. Knock them off with insane Butler performances, then go on to play the New York Knicks, and also knock them off in six. I'm starting to wonder. Well, you tell me this, Angus. This is this Celtics team not only better than the two teams they've played, and when I'm talking about the Bucks, I'm talking about the Bucks with Giannis with his situation, not with a healthy mm-hmm. Giannis, with with how he had with his back, how how it was in the first round. Is this Celtics team not only better, but are they a lot better than those two teams? They they are a lot better. And I feel like it's hard to compare those two teams because I feel like if you if the Celtics were playing the Knicks, they would give the Celtics a lot of trouble too. But the Celtics have the more talent, more depth, and overall they have more cohesion because those guys, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have been together for years. And that type of continuity matters in the playoffs. And yeah. um, Celtics are undoubtedly the best team. The last mountain that the Heat have to face. And the Heat have faced already a, a bunch of mountains during this current playoff run. Yeah. Who do you want to win? Well, I I told, I told, I don't know if I said on this podcast, but I told people that if the Kings were going to get knocked off, the Heats were going to be my next team because oh, yeah, I just admire no, Jimmy Butler. That. No, you did say that. I, you did say that. Like I, right. after that game five performance in Milwaukee, I was like, "How can I root against Jimmy Butler in the Heat?" All right, this is this is interesting. So we have we have opposite teams. Um, yeah, that's, I'm, gonna, that's I'm, gonna be I'm fun. I'm rooting for the Heat. That's I'm rooting for the Heat. That's gonna be fun on on future podcasts. Uh, let's talk about the West, though. This one, I don't know, is this less exciting or more exciting to you, or about the same with the Lakers and the Nuggets? This is this is the hardest matchup for me to gauge because we know that Anthony Davis has the ability to contain Jokic as we saw in the 2020 bubble Western Conference Finals. Yeah. But Anthony Davis did it with the help of Dwight Howard cuz Dwight Howard out of that size, that physicality that really bothered Jokic. But then you look at the Lakers team this year, what size do they have? Cuz I don't believe that they're going to play Jokic. I mean, they're going to they're not going to make AD guard Jokic for 48 minutes because yeah. he's not going to hold up like that and he's not going to provide you that offense if he does that. So yeah. who do you, who are the, who is going to be on Jokic if not AD? Mobamba? Man, I, that, that's the biggest thing. You know, that's, that's how, that's, this is when we get to see just how good this Lakers defense really is. Or if it's just a fluke, or they were just playing small teams like the Warriors, because the, the the Lakers this is their first first look at probably the most complete team they had to face all year. One hundred percent. The Nuggets are rolling right now, and you know why that is. Oh, uh, why so? Tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I think the Nuggets are as good as Jamal Murray is. I would say so. I would say no. I would say as good as Jokic is. Okay. Here's why. I feel like he gets the ball rolling. That's true. He gets the ball rolling. And then he he has to rely on these other stars. To I mean, all these other stars on the team, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, KCP, MPJ, they all get rolling once Jokic gets rolling. 
And then once Jokic gets out, they have to continue that momentum once Jokic is on the bench. Because we know that this Nuggets offense falls apart when Jokic is on the bench. That's true. I, I Here's why I agree and disagree with you. I agree because Jokic is always rolling. <laughs> like, the second he gets on the floor, everything runs through him. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so good, because he's just that good. Um even when he's not scoring, I've seen a game where he, in the first quarter, I didn't. I, I swear to God, I didn't see him score once. But he had like two points, and and the announcers were like, "Oh, Jokic has been has had a quiet game." And then they pulled up his stats, and it was like first quarter, bro. I'm telling you, first quarter, and his stats were two points, five assists, seven rebounds. First quarter, bro. First quarter. So I, and so when so when I think of Jokic. He doesn't have to be on a roll. He doesn't have to be on fire. He's going to give you production every single second he's on the floor. So that's where I agree with you. Where I disagree with you is that because you can say that about Jokic, you know what to expect from him night in and night out. Jamal Murray is that wild card. Like we talked about James Harden with the Sixers, Jamal Murray is the guy that when he plays good, the Nuggets are almost unbeatable. And when he plays bad, that's when they're the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It goes. It goes without being said. Like it. It's obvious. If Jokic doesn't play good, then the Nuggets are a shit team. But we know, you know. that Jokic, Jokic will bring it every night. He's on the floor if he's healthy, and and you know, maybe Jam- even if he's not. Specifically, I think Jamal Murray thrives again with that pick and roll, that two two man action with Nikola Jokic. If that if that big man is in deep drop coverage. Jamal Murray is knocking that shot down. Every he doesn't time. need a lot of space. But nope. the thing is, do, do you know which defender in the NBA is great at playing any type of pick-and-roll coverage? Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. You can put it in a deep drop, and he'll still be able to contest a shot. Yeah. So or that's if where outright switch, he will keep up with any guard. So that's where you see a genius in Mike Malone that... You Mike, could start seeing. Mike's a genius. Mike is a genius. We know that, okay? Like, yeah, he's a genius. He's a great coach. But that's where that's where you see that's where you're gonna start to see some creativity on that side. I'd like to see the ball, you know, uh, go to go to Murray, use the screen, mm-hmm. and then the ball goes back to Jokic. And if it does go back to Jokic, that's when the Lakers are in trouble. You're right about the drop coverage. I I don't think. It's either, you know, it's either Anthony Davis commits to Jamal Murray and just leaves Jokic, and then they're fucked because, you know, or he just stays down and Jamal Murray gets an open shot. So that's, I think the Nuggets, bro, this series, I think I have Nuggets in six because you have a better coach, you have a better team, and then you have a problem that the Lakers I just can't give you an answer as to what they're going to do. What, you're going to stick Jared Vanderbilt on Jokic? Like, like what's going to happen? You don't have a Dwight Howard anymore. Your, your your biggest guy is also your most vulnerable and least durable player on the floor. So you're going to let him bump and grind down low with Jokic all series? If I'm Darvin Ham, I'm scared to death, man. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. And I'm not I'm going to mention this. Like the bubble series between these two teams, Jokic was not as good as he is now. Like oh, yeah. I, he was I also fatter. Jokic, <laughs> yeah, I think Jokic might be the might be the most unstoppable player in the league right now. Yeah, and like 
going back to the Anthony Davis point, yeah, you you don't you definitely don't want Anthony Davis banging with Jokic for most of the game because you know that Anthony Davis as a defender, his the best way to play him as a defender is as a help defender because he's able to deter shots at the rim. He's able to force uncomfortable jump shots, fadeaways from perimeter players. And like Jokic, is he going to tear up that paint? Or if you bring a double, if Lord, if you bring a double, he is going to make that pass. Yeah. he's That's why he's so good. He just trusts his teammates. Like, I, I just don't understand, and I've never seen a guy since, besides LeBron that is, is the best player on the court, not just on his team, the best player on the court, and will willingly pass it to a Austin Rivers. Like 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 what? Like like not even like a wide open Austin Rivers. Just like a oh, I'm giving it to you because it's the right play to make, Austin mm-hmm. Rivers. You know what I mean? So and now it's not going to be Austin Rivers. Now it's going to be freaking Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr. or um Christian Brown, who's been pretty good in the playoffs off the bench. Yeah, and I, I mean when you when you get a guy like KCP who's struggled for most of his career to be consistent, and you put him on the Nuggets, and you have a guy that everyone in the league respects in Jokic. And if you're KCP and you you deal with lack of confidence in your shot, Jokic is going to help fix that. He believe he's going hey. to believe in you. If whenever when no one else does, as long as you're on his team, he's going to believe in you. He's going to give you the ball. And I think that's why KCP is having a great season this year. KCP has his best seasons with LeBron and Jokic. And is is very clear why that is like yeah he's playing with two great passers but great basketball iq but yeah I, I do agree with you we we're gonna make this podcast boring because i do think nuggets and six but if this does go to seven <laughs> it's it's lakers lakers will take it in seven if it does go in seven you know i think after you have six, a point there i think you have a point because there. yeah i saw the way that lebron was acting in that game six closeout game against the warriors he had 30 points nine nine rebounds nine assists he just came out with the like a man on a mission in the first quarter. I never see him with that much energy after his foot injury. Like he he was hustling. He was diving for loose balls. He was trying to swat Steph on one of those plays. So if it does go to seven, LeBron is going to turn on God mode. I I actually agree with you there. Um, actually, I don't know. I think if it goes to Game Seven, the Nuggets could win easily. Or not easily, it but is it, in Denver. Easily, it is in Denver. I know. I could easily see the Nuggets winning, but I could also see, um, well, not really see. I'm just. I have a history of doubting LeBron, and every time I doubt LeBron, he fucking shits in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't and think since you'll be doubting LeBron this time, I think you'll just be doubting AD. Yes. And no, because if they don't make the finals this year, whose legacy is hurt? Is it 80s legacy? It's not 80s legacy. No, it's fine because because LeBron will still be four and six in the finals. So LeBron, but how many more years does LeBron have to win a a championship? Like he doesn't have a lot until until Bronny gets in the league. No, Bronny isn't going to do shit, bro. No, we're not going to talk about Bronny in this podcast. Fuck that. <laughs> I just baited you right there. Fuck that. Um, 
I want LeBron to play with his son. Go for it, man. You have everything else in the world. You just get that last thing, okay? And then retire and just don't talk anymore, okay? Okay, Bron? Okay? Okay, Bron? (laughs) (laughs) I think think we're so close to having a Lakers and Celtics finals. And everybody knows the history behind Lakers and Celtics. The team was winning winning teams in the league. For for their 18th championship, for supremacy over the league. And I just think that, I don't want to say it, but like I feel like the NBA is gonna sway it to do Lakers versus Celtic. Cause, cause who the hell wants to see Denver versus Miami or Denver versus Boston? I mean, I we we'll still watch it because we're very great podcast hosts who try to keep up to date with whatever is happening on in the league. Oh man, if that happens, bro, I we might have to end this. Would podcast. you lose respect? We might you have to never talk about basketball ever again, bro. I seen go it full Aisha Curry. I've seen it <laughs> you enough, seen it up. dude. I've seen it enough, and and it's just it's it's, yeah, man. If for them to do it to the Nuggets, one would make me feel a little better about about oh four. Um, was it oh four or oh three? It was oh four, right? For the for the Kings? Yeah, it was oh four. No, it was oh two. It was oh two. Oh two. It was 0-2. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, if it happens to the Nuggets, then I won't. It would make me feel a little better about 0-2. But, dude, I, 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 I feel sometimes I feel like the refs and the players are not cohesive. It's like two separate teams. So it's like you got two teams playing against each other, and then you got a third team that's like trying to beat both teams. That's what it feels like a lot of times. And I feel like that's not how it should be at all. I think it should be the the ref should be out there to protect the players and to make the game fair, because that's yeah. what a foul is. A foul is you're you're doing you're you're using illegal actions to give yourself the advantage, which is not fair. So the ref should make the game fair, but they should not they control the game. They said that the best officiated games are the games where you don't even notice the referees are there. Yeah, because they only make the calls that they have to that are yeah, so like obvious. It, if I can look at a replay and I'm like, yeah, he hit him, that's that's a clear foul, then like I feel like that's how referees should officiate these next two rounds with the conference finals and the finals. Because at this point, these games are going to be physical. Um, these games are going to be emotional. And like, just don't reward flopping. I feel like it's not that hard. I think I think it is hard. I think it's really hard. Because you have guys like Jimmy Butler who are who get hit a lot, but also know how to draw a foul. And it's hard to find the middle ground between when he does actually get really hit really hard and when he is just flailing his arms because he got hit a little bit. You well, know, Jokic so gets fouled a lot. I mean, I know we all see the scratches on his arms and how red his body is after games. Yeah. So, so considering his size, who do you think gets hit more, Jokic or Jimmy Butler? Oh, I say, I say Jokic. And then, and then now answer the question: Who goes to the line more? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy so Wilson. that kind of answers your question. Do we see Jokic flop? No. We see Jokic get upset. Because he doesn't flop and he doesn't get fouls, we and then you get a guy like James Harden, a guy like Jimmy Butler, who they have realized that the only way to get 
a call when I actually do get hit is to sell it just a little bit. And I think that that's why officiating is so much harder these days is because you have people like James Harden and Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler and and all these guys, Trey Young, who just know how to draw a foul. But you can't just say, oh, they're just acting because they do get hit a lot. So I think that's another issue on its own. And I think that refing officiating has become a lot harder, also more scrutinized because you see everything now and there's replays for everything. Um, but that's why I also think experience is is most important. Most important. That's true. Not, not skill. You need to know what to do in a certain situation and you can only know that if you've been in that situation before. All right, so so what's your what's your finals matchup then? I have Nuggets and Celtics. Nuggets, Nuggets and, Celtics. and Celtics. And that would be a very very interesting matchup. And I couldn't tell you who's going to win. I need to see these series go uh, go first and how they're looking at the end of each series. But I think I told you earlier on I have the Celtics going all the way winning the entire thing. So mm-hmm. I do stand by well, that still. Well, I I think I said that I think I said it on like our second episode that I think the the Nuggets were were a team to beat, and then you laughed at me. You're like the Nuggets. Do you remember? Yeah, because you said that like right after the Suns trade happened. Some yeah. thugger, okay. okay. <laughs> no. some, some, some some young thug is always welcome on this podcast, okay. <laughs> but um, dude, we should fucking we should pay to have like a young thug outro. Oh, we are not that rich. Is that a lot of money? <laughs> I, I think so. All right, but I, I did say that the Nuggets at the beginning of the season. I mean, I, when we first started our podcast, I was like, the Nuggets, they're my team to come out the West, if not the Kings. So I have the Nuggets and Heat. Um, we didn't we didn't have the Lakers in the finals. Everyone's going to hate do. us. But but we were the last time we agreed on something like this, we were both wrong. What was that? What what do we agree on? We don't agree was, on a lot of things. It's hard for me. No, we agreed that fuck, what was it? It was in the first round. It, it had some, it, it was the Heat. We had we both agreed that the Bucks were going to beat the Heat. Oh, and shoot, Jimmy yeah. Butler made us look stupid. Jimmy we, Butler made me look stupid again by making me think that the Heat and Knicks were going to go 7. That I I I really like that series. I think it showed a lot of character from both teams, but I think he showed a lot. I actually got to watch like and see really just how the Knicks are built, and it it, it taught me a lot about the Knicks. It it would it would I I think they're in between being like a really good team and a really bad team. Like it's just like right in between there, so. I feel like they'll be a really good team if they have another star. I think they just need another star. Uh, like I don't instead think they of need Julius Randle, I think instead of Julius Randle, if they have Carl Anthony Towns instead, that would be way better. No, I don't agree because Julius Randle is so important to them. So I like we we talk a lot about Julius Randle step back threes and step back middies, which he takes so fucking many of them, right? But to be honest, that is his only bad shot that he takes. Everything else, I watched his games. Everything else he takes, it's like a smart shot. Like he 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 gets to his position and he dribbles a lot because he's trying to get to one spot where he knows he can score. 
But I think that's why uh, Tom Thibodeau trusts him so much and, and lets these two players and Brunson and Randall go ISO as much as they do is because he knows that these guys aren't going to just shoot up anything. They're going to shoot a shot that they know they can make. That's why you see Randall dribble from the three-point line, take fucking 27 dribbles and get to the block, and then he'll do like three shimmies and finally get a shot up. But that's a good shot. You know what I mean? That's a good shot, and I, I understand why, how it works when there's it's so much ISO. Because you have two great isolation players in Randall and Brunson, but you also know that these guys aren't going to shoot you out the game. And I think that's it's interesting because you don't think that an isolation-heavy team can be this good, but then it makes sense when you watch them play. I think they're like a Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter player away from being a really good team. They need another really good shooter that they, they haven't had. They, they thought Evan Fournier was that guy, but he's just not. So they need a really good shooter. And Josh Hart, I don't know what the hell, he just gets to a, gets to a team and just stops shooting. But they need a really good shooter. I think they're a really good shooter away from being a solid, solid team. They could beat That's the, actually they, a great they, point. They could beat the Heat. That's a that's a great point, and I can't believe we just went on a Knicks tangent. We've been talking about the Knicks a lot to the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, they, they literally have Evan Fournier's big-ass contract sitting on the bench, and he, he was supposed to be, like, their shooting piece. So, like, $15 million there could get you, like, a pretty good player on the market. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, shooters were kind of like, I don't know, no one really respected guys like Kyle Korver uh, or, like, you know, these just these three point specialists, but now it's like super rare to find a really good one. So it's 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 if they do get another guy like that, um, you know I know they don't have good ownership up in New York, but you know hopefully they'll make some some right plays. They did get Jalen Brunson, so props to them for that one. Mm. And I think players want to play with Jalen Brunson. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and Randall too. I think we give Randall a little bit too oh. much shit. I don't give. I don't think. I. I don't think I could give him enough shit. All right. I'm not the Julius Randle fan <laughs> that a lot of people are. I. 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 I know. I understand why people love him now. I don't love him, and I don't really give. I don't really think he's that good of a player. But I understand why. If you're a Knicks fan, you love him and hate him, for the same reasons we talk shit about him. I understand why you hate him. But I also understand why players, why why the Knicks love him as well, and why Tom Thibodeau trusts him as much as he does. Um, anything else on the Knicks? Cause nah, I can't. The Knicks, bro. Ducks <laughs> <laughs> aren't even in the playoffs. But yeah. starting tomorrow, I think the Lakers play against the Nuggets at six thirty. Uh, it would be the no, first 530. game. Five thirty. Five thirty. Uh, excuse me. Five thirty. Uh, Pacific time. Um, it's going to be interesting. I. It's going to be in Denver. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be a great game. And I know I said that every time, but usually game one of any series in the playoffs is a fucking good game, especially in the Western Conference Finals. So Yeah, it's going to show you which team needs to make what adjustments. It's going to show you which team has the momentum going into the series. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to like talk about it next week. And both of these teams decently well-rested. So there should be no excuses. Um it's going to be interesting. And on the East, you have the, the Celtics and the Heat. I think they play Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. And um, by the time we get back to you guys next week, it'll probably three or four games would have gone by but in each series. And we'll have a, a, a much more 
un- better understanding as to the direction of each series. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, but Angus, let's get your uh, your let's get your takes from from game one from both sides. Who's who who got game one from both sides? Game one, I think that the Lakers can't handle the altitude in Denver, and Jokic <laughs> puts up another MVP like performance. Tell me after getting more too. more days of rest in the Lakers, I think that game will end uh, one fifteen. 109 in the favor of the Nuggets. Okay. Now what? what what's the, yours? What about the East? Now I want to hear. We'll, we'll go out each game. All right. Okay. Each game, okay. Okay. Go, what's yours? So, I think if it's going to be a series, I think the Lakers really need to consider taking this game, and I think this is the best opportunity they have to take steal a game at home when. The Nuggets don't really know exactly what to expect. They have an idea, but they don't know exactly. And they did it in Memphis, and I think they can do it again. And I they don't did in, in, in uh, Golden State too. They took the yeah, game. They didn't. They did it. Yeah, they did it in Golden State too against a really good home team in the Warriors. Uh, so I think that if you gotta hit first, you gotta hit fast, you gotta hit them when they're least expecting it. And I don't think you can steal another home game if you don't win this game so if if and i think if you lose if you lose this game you lose game two and you're in la down oh two and if the nuggets win one game the the series could be over in five so i i think this is a very important game for the lakers and i'm not confident enough to say the lakers will beat them but i will say that the lakers need to beat them and they they can i think this is their best chance to win so fuck it i'm gonna go with the lakers bro i'm gonna go with the lakers and i'm gonna say score come on 113 113 110 lakers oh we we, we, you that's a pretty close game mine mine was closer than i think but I, I think I think it goes pulled. down to the wire. I think it goes down to wire, and you start playing the foul game. And I think that's the that the Lakers win. Okay, okay for okay now for Heat Celtics. Now this one's gonna be a little bit spicy. All right, this one's gonna be a little bit heat because I think Jimmy Butler, he has more days of rest. I think I really think that's so important, and I just think that he has a really big fuck you attitude. Like this is a team yeah. that beat you last year in seven games. Right, and like I heard, I remember when he said in a press conference last year, he said that they're going to be back in the Eastern Conference Finals next year, and they're going to be better, and they're going to beat them. And when Jimmy Butler puts something out like that, best believe he's going to do it. And people in Boston fear Jimmy Butler. I know a lot of Celtics fans, and they Jimmy Butler puts more fear into them than LeBron right now. Maybe well, yeah, not historically. I mean- but right now, because they're it's in different better. conferences. As of right now, I agree with you, yeah. And um, also, like, you have to take into account that the Celtics just played in a seven-game series the p- previous round. And I just have to think that takes a toll on them emotionally. You would think, but they are a young team. And last year, they had three series where they went to game seven, and then they still made the finals. So, three, you know. I think they had the Celtics and Heat. No, they, they swept... Brooklyn last year, I think. Oh. They swept Brooklyn, took the Bucks to seven, and then took the Heat to seven. 
Yeah. That, that's, that's still back to back series where they play seven yeah, games. Yeah, back to back game seven series. And if I remember correctly, I believe that the the Celtics lost game one against the Heat last year. Mm. So right, who you got? So who you got? Oh, I got oh, I got the Heat. I got the Heat winning this one in a little bit of a grinding out type of match. It's gonna be a one oh eight to ninety eight in favor of the Heat. One oh eight ninety eight. Okay. In favor of the Heat. Yep. All right. I'm just going to disagree with you for the sake of disagreement. Um, also, I do believe this as well. I think that the Celtics take game one. And I think they take game one by a lot. I think you get, obviously, you get this great game from Jason Tatum. But if you look down the line, the rest of the guys didn't have that great of a game. And I think that you're going to see a collective effort from the Celtics to really put their mark on this series in game one at home. Meaning that Jason Tatum might not have 30, but it's going to be a Derek White having 15, a Grant Williams having 10, a Marcus Smart having 12, an Al Horford having 12, a Jalen Brown having 20. It's going to be one of those games. And I think that once they get going... It's going to be hard to stop them. It's going to happen in the second half. And it's going to be one of those games where it's like you don't know the other team is there because they're just rolling. So mm-hmm. I got the Celtics. I got the Celtics in game one. I really think that it Joe Mazzulla is going to make an emphasis on, look, we have to put our foot, foot we have to make, we have to stamp our foot down on this first game. Kind of how I said about the Lakers. I think it's important for the Celtics to really show that Yo, we're a higher seed than you guys for a fucking reason, and you're not going to take this game at home. And I think the Celtics, they're going to take this game. I think it's going to be by a lot. I think I got 122 to 96 Celtics. Ooh, that's a blowout. Man, you're yeah, expecting think, a lot of toughness from this Boston team that's been I think, soft I think, at times. I think that's true. Okay, let me bring the Celtics score down. 117 to 96. Nice five points. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think I think, and I'm betting on a lot here. Okay, this isn't this is a bet. Okay, but uh, like I said, disagreeing with you for the sake of disagreement. But I do think that that could happen, and I think it is a good chance of happening too. So yeah, it's it's not inconceivable. But there there you have it, folks. Our predictions for game ones of the conference finals. Yeah. Um. Tune in next week for us to see if we were uh as wrong as we were about the Bucks, or if I was looking like fucking the opposite of Charles Barkley and the fucking guaranteed. <laughs> you know that if he says that shit, it's, it's, it's guaranteed. It's not going to happen, right? Yeah. It's guaranteed. Not going to happen. It's, guaranteed. Is, it's just too much to overcome. It's almost as bad as the Kardashian curse. You know, he said the Kings were going to win guaranteed game seven. Yeah, I remember he said that. I, I, I watched that, and I, I was like, fuck. <laughs> it felt good you're that like he was on doomed. our side. It, it felt good that I was on our, he was on our side, but I wish Kenny or Shaq said it and not him. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> I, could, I, I don't think Shaq would say it. It would have been funny to hear Shaq say it. Shaq, Shaq, you could tell like he's a little salty that he left, and now they're winning. 
Like, oh, he, I think I think Chuck said that too. Chuck said that I was like, Chuck, you left the ownership group, and now the Kings are winning. No, and he did Shaq say that. Were, and then Shaq was like, "Shut up, Chuck! You got no rings." <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is some truth to that for real. Like, uh, mm. yeah, I think he still wants to claim them as like, "Oh no, that's my team," but he can't really like say that definitively. Yeah, he can't anymore. This is the same guy that called us the Sacramento Queens, so let's not forget that. Yeah, 20-something 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all for uh, coming back after we were on a one-week hiatus. Uh, yeah. We won't be taking Some load week. management. You know what? We were going to uh, – Angus is back in town, and we were going to record, like, a special episode where me and him were in the same room together, like, you know, doing our first, like, actual live podcast where we were, like, we're in the same room together. We're looking at each other. We're talking to each other face to face, but we didn't really consider the equipment needed to do that. And when he came <laughs> over last night, uh, he we he, we were like, "This isn't gonna work." So we, yeah, we we realized it wasn't gonna work. So we scratched that. So yeah, our apologies, but we'll be better. Um, no more, no more one week hiatus for a good minute. Okay, maybe maybe yeah. Angus, maybe episode twenty six. So another thirteen episodes from now, or or maybe maybe once the season ends, yeah, we'll take a break. I, yeah. I can see us not uploading every week during the off season, but we'll let you all know. We'll we'll keep you up to date with that. Yep. But all right, y'all. I think uh, me and Angus about go hoop. You know, give everyone some buckets there because you know, gotta keep our physique up. Yeah, <laughs> physical activity. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Um, y'all, y'all have y'all have a great rest of your week, and we'll see y'all in a couple of days. Yep. See you guys. Peace. Peace.